enjoy this special edition of To The Top Talk on Airing It Out. Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington, broadcasting from the Hub City Comedy Studio in beautiful Midtown, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Basically, I'm here every week to give you a break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media outlets and talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Basically, if this is your first time listening to this show, we started off as a podcast, and I'm pleased to announce that this will turn into a full-fledged radio show beginning very, very soon. Uh, I announced this week that I will be moving to The Score, 1400 AM, the newly acquired, newly renovated, uh, revamped 1400 AM in Hattiesburg, so really excited about that. There's going to be a lot of options, and we'll get into all that, but for right now, kind of in the middle of the transition, just waiting for the, the switch to be flipped, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging, so I'm going to stick this podcast out there on um, my Airing It Out podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and also YouTube. Now, with this transition, there will be some more options for you. You'll be able to listen to this show on the air on 1400 AM on Tuesday nights uh, from here on out. Also, we'll have some streaming options on their website and uh, apps as well. And we will also get this out there on iTunes for you guys. So a lot of really cool things coming up with this show. A lot of options to make it easier for you to listen to and keep up with as well. Because I know there's some episodes you missed because of the whole data coverage thing, but I think we're gonna we're gonna nip that in the bud in the upcoming week. So, like I said, in the middle of transition right now, I'm gonna put this out there for you guys in a, a, a different manner, just to kind of kind of keep you up to date with what's been going on and and help you get through the week with a little Southern Miss talk. So, that's what's been happening with the show. That's why we haven't had an episode the past few weeks, but we're back in the mix. And we'll be on the air very, very soon. So, what'd you miss out on? We had the big show this past week, the big comedy show with the Sklar Brothers. You know, the guys you saw on Cheap Seats on ESPN. We had them in Hattiesburg. Oh, what an in- Might have been the best show we've ever had. Absolutely incredible. Solid crowd. Wasn't as packed as I would have hoped, but still a, a great crowd, a tremendous crowd. The Sklars were very complimentary of the crowd as well as Hattiesburg. So hopefully uh, we're already making plans to get them back in another year or two. So really excited about that relationship and, and, and that show. If you came out, I hope you had a great time. I know I certainly did. I'll tell you about the upcoming shows at the end of this episode. Also, Southern Miss football. We've had a uh, you know, couple of wins, had a loss. And had a big game this past weekend, our first conference game against the UTEP Miners. I'm going to get into all of that with my guest today. If you've listened to the show, you've heard him on there before. One of my best friends. So let's go ahead and welcome this guest. He is Southern Miss Golden Eagle Black Ops tailgating legend, Jason Bailey.
We had the big win yesterday, the first conference win of 2016 for the Golden Eagles against the UTEP Miners. Did you get to take in the game? Did you get to watch it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a uh, we had our normal crew over here at the house. Uh, had a little trouble getting it, um, get, getting the Internet speed up. But after we, uh, after we worked that out, I think we missed most of the bad stuff and just heard that on the radio. So once the TV finally, uh, once the Internet finally cooperated, we, uh, we got to see a, a really entertaining game as far as the Golden Eagles get. Yeah, it took me a while to get it converted to where it would show on my TV. I had it on my computer and on my phone, and, you know, the radio was obviously probably about a minute ahead of the action. Right. But, um, yeah. you know, and I'll say this. The game, it's nice having any game on television, and, you know, you certainly can't complain for having free TV, but there was a lot that went on with the Campus Insiders website that just left a lot to be desired. I mean, they missed – there was times where they missed entire series of plays, to, and it said commercial break on the screen, and then you'd get back and you'd be like, well, I don't know what just happened, but it, it looks like we missed about three or four plays in the mix. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was fine. I mean, maybe it's my first dabble into the Camp, Campus Insiders uh, website. Uh, so, yeah, it was great that I was able to watch it. Uh, yeah. But like you said, I mean, it, it's – Luckily, you know, the, the game was kind of out of hand for quite a while. Even though I didn't get to see a couple of plays, it, it wasn't anything crucial. So who knows what happened. But, um, you know, it's hard to feel bad about much today, even though I do kind of feel bad offensively. But I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, but, yeah, hey, got another win and a dominating performance, too. Uh, yeah, absolutely, a dominating performance. And, you know, a- as it was with, I guess, Kentucky and, and the Troy game, you kind of start to worry about things out of the gate when the game started. I mean, we we drove down the field, couldn't quite, you know, break that third down barrier at the end, had to settle for a field goal, which, by the way, Parker Seanfield, amazing this year, night and day between this year and last year. I think it has something to do with the hair. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I had a joke in the holster waiting and, and, and took my hair joke, but, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't tell if he's going to kick a 40-yarder or sing us some Bon Jovi, but either way, he's uh, he's lights out. He's ready to rock. <laughs> so we take it down, then, then you know, UTEP gets their hands on the ball, and it, it's, uh, you know, we went back and forth a few times, but, you know, that one scoring drive, I believe it was only two plays. And their running back, I mean, he he was a beast. He, he not, he... Yeah, he reminds you, um, he reminds me, anyways, a lot of Kenneth Dixon from, from Lock Tech that we've had to deal with for the past half decade. Except I think he did better than Kenneth Dixon did last year yesterday in those two carries. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, and, and UTEP, I mean, where where would UTEP be without without that guy? I mean, UTEP's not very good. They're just not. There's not any way to, to sugarcoat it. UTEP's not that good. When we stalled on drives, didn't have much to do with UTEP. Heck, you take those those two runs out of the play. What were they on the nine-yard line, ran two plays, scored a touchdown? Yeah. Uh, you take those out. I don't know. I, I, have, you have the, I don't know if you have the stats in front of you what their production was, but those two plays, just thinking back from last night, that, that had to be a bulk of their entire offense. They had 145 yards uh, net rushing and net passing of 113, which, you know, if you're going to talk about the de- uh, you know our defense on the season, total defense nationally, and they're ranked eighth in yards per game at 254.3, which is pretty tremendous given, you know, how we struggled a little with Troy and then in the beginning against Kentucky with them putting up, I believe, close to 300 yards of offense in that first half. 
So for us to to be ranked that high nationally after these first four games is pretty tremendous and really a credit to Jay Hobson and Tony Pe- uh, Pecorero. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you and I were texting last night. I said that it feels like it feels like a Bauer game. Yeah, it, it felt it felt a lot like you know, absolutely dominating performance. Yeah, you know, you're almost more excited when the defense gets back on the field. I don't, I still don't know why that is, but. I can't be dissatisfied with a 34-7 to beatdown. What do you think? We left a lot on the table. We're leaving a lot on the table as far as points, yards, first downs. Something is just not fully clicking with uh, particularly the passing game. Um, and, Nick, I mean, he threw three touchdowns last night. I believe he had – you know, it wasn't like a, you know, earth-shattering performance yardage-wise, and I guess it didn't really have to be. But, you know, Nick Mullins – uh, 176 yards, three TDs, zero interceptions for Nick last night, which was it, that was good to see. 16 out of 27 passing, you know, but you still kind of it feels like something is not quite clicking with that offense just yet. And I don't know whether it's losing guys like Casey Martin or Mike Thomas, or you know whether it's some of the changes on the offensive line. I, I thought the offensive line played has played pretty well. They only gave up one sack yesterday. Right, and that was really, really early. With, with, with Nick and, and and receivers, I don't know. There's there's a comfort level that's just not there yet. I I, I think that the talent level. I don't think the talent level is any worse than last year. Like I don't think Nick is not a good as good of a football player. I think that you know I know we lost uh, Thomas and, and Casey Martin, but you know uh, Isaiah Staggers. Um, I mean these guys, uh, Robertson, DJ's back. That, that was, it just seems to me like that they're more than capable of filling the void. They look the part. Uh, they are still fast runners. The only time we really drop balls is in the rainstorm. But there's just it's Nick doesn't pull a trigger on on time. He throws the ball a little high. He might be a little. It's just for whatever reason the the chemistry level it's just not there. But it's not there yet. And that's what people keep reminding me um, is that the comfort level is just not there yet. And the word yet very important um, because you would hope that it would continue to get better. And you just pointed out that Nick didn't throw any picks yesterday. That's a step in the right direction. Maybe we start uh, or stop dropping a few extra balls and see where we are in November because we're sure we're going to need to be better than we have. I want to see, the, you know, you mentioned it feeling like a Bauer game. I want to see the defense of the Bauer era with the offense of last year's Monk and Aurora Fedora era. Like that's what... That's what we all want to see. We don't want to see like a, a Munkin team or a Bauer. We want to see a combination of the best of both worlds. And and I think that's what we all were hoping for this year. And and hopefully we can get there. I mean, like you said, you really can't complain. Uh, I mean, we were one play away from being 4-0, you know. Right. So you, you really can't, you know, harp on that too much. I, I kind of felt like that Troy game was – a little bit of an anomaly, uh, given the way the weather played. Troy, not to take anything away from Troy, they played extremely hard, uh, you know, and and that was the most poorly officiated game I think I've ever seen. But right. uh, we just weren't, we just weren't in sync on, on both sides of the ball at, at times. And um, you know that's going to happen. You're going to have games where you play below your potential. But um, hopefully it was a, a wake up call, and hopefully they'll build on that. And, and I guess they really just did that this weekend with a big uh, thirty four to seven win. Uh, opening conference season. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And and getting back to that Troy game just very quickly, taking nothing away from Troy because they absolutely you know won the football game. But if, if you think it's 
the remarkable thing to me about that game is that we had a chance to win at the end. We could not have played much worse. But there, there's two ticks, uh, a fumbled kickoff, and a snap over the punter's head. If that, if that happens to a half-decent team, then you'd normally lose by, you know, three touchdowns. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the uh, a couple of the, the key players in the game yesterday. I think you got to – Dylan Bradley. Dylan Bradley, absolutely. Dylan Bradley has just been an animal. I mean, he seemed a little banged up uh, during the Troy game, but uh, during UTEP, I mean, you can't get much more dominant than he was. Yeah, and hey, did you, did you, did you hear that? What was that? That was Dylan. That was Dylan Bradley in the backfield. <laughs> I, he, he reminded me of, of you know of Warren Sapp last night. The guy just yeah, his, his energy level was just a. Uh, I know he always plays ninety to nothing, but just last night, I don't know if he was just that much more dominant physically than the people he was up against, or if he just had one heck of a game plan, saw something in the film room. I don't know. But it's almost like he knew the play. He knew the snap count. And he just, I think he tried like 15 different moves to get to the quarterback just to try him out. And he was in the backfield all night long. I think he swatted that ball down with his left hand just to be cute. <laughs> it's almost like he could have grabbed it with the big ball and outran everybody to the end zone. He is, he is phenomenal. He is. And, you know, three of those tackles, he had six tackles. Three of them were, were for a loss. But, you know, he kind of reminds me of uh, DeQuincy Scott a lot because – you know, De Quincey would make that transition from baseball to football. He would kind of be a little bit undersized, you know, given, you know, how everybody around him was. But, you know, Dylan's the same way. He's a guy that, uh, you know, weight-wise, he's not anywhere close to as big as the guys he's up against, but yet he finds a way to dominate them, to uh, penetrate the line, and to get into the backfield. And, he, you know, the, and the leadership qualities as well, he, he reminds me a lot of De Quincey. Right, and it, it'd be it, getting back to the campus insiders. It sure would have been nice if uh, whoever the uh, the color guy was last night would have known anything about Dylan Bradley because he kept just referring to him and saying how he couldn't believe that a nose guard was acting this way, was, was had this kind of ability, and blah blah blah. And I think I think the color guy called uh, called him Zach Mullins uh, at one point. <laughs> I mean, there were you know, hey, maybe that was his first broadcast. I mean, I know the guy. I don't remember the guy's name. He played for the Steelers, but uh, you know, hopefully Zach Mullins. Uh, Zach Mullins. Zach, Zach, Zach Morris? Zach, Zach Morris. <laughs> there you go. Um, one player that really broke out last night uh, was Curtis Michael. I mean, the, the two interceptions, the one that he took 100 yards back for a touchdown was tremendous. It, it was really good to see the Bassfield product out there on the field and, and making plays and showing that speed we all, we've all known that he's capable of. Yeah, exactly. You and I have been talking about the, uh, the burner from Bassfield uh, since we got him. And uh, hadn't seen much out of the guy uh, in two years. And so I, I kept hearing about him, kept hearing that he was the fastest player on the field and that he's, you know, uh, doing all the right things in the classroom. Just never saw him on the field. So it's good to see him get out there. And I guess that set a record or tied a record or something. You can't go any further. It tied um, uh, Presley's record from 2011. I mean, you can't you can't go much further than 100 yards. You know, we'll de- we'll definitely take that anytime he feels like doing it. But you know, when he got here, they started him out on offense. You know, kind of played him in that slot role a little bit and uh, converted him to a defensive back. And and now he's trying to he's kind of getting the feel for it. I think um, Cornell Armstrong was banged up a little bit last night, but I think he got back in the game. But you know, you're starting to see a lot of that depth get playing time because I mean, there's times where you got to have six defensive backs on the field given the way these offenses run now. 
but it, it was great to see him definitely, uh, you know, making his mark known and making his presence felt in that defensive backfield, especially with a touchdown. Anytime you get a defensive touchdown, it's a great thing. But two interceptions on the same night, one for a touchdown, that's really a coming out party. Yeah, that's solid. I was, I'm, I'm proud of him. It's good to see him getting out there. And if you had to name an MVP on the season at this point, we haven't even, I don't even think we've really mentioned his name much, but Edo Smith. My goodness, An- another uh, 100-yard rushing performance. Ito, I don't know if you're aware of this. Ito, in the country, he's ranked number three in total rushing yards, number four in rushing yards per game. Uh, he's number 20 in all-purpose yards per game, and he's tied for 31st in rushing TDs with four. So, I mean, 540 yards on the season out of four games is pretty tremendous. And he is if he keeps up this up, he's definitely in line for some postseason accolades. Yeah, he's he is untackleable. Um, and he's got a knack for inside running as well. So if he gets on the outside, he looks like Barry Sanders. As he goes up the middle, he kind of looks like Emmitt Smith. And it's 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 just amazing to watch this guy run the ball. And to think we still have another year. Um, and then you see what you know Jalen Rashard is doing in the NFL. And I thought he, I think he is better than Jalen. So it's it's absolutely just remarkable to watch this kid. I wish they'd hand it to him every play. Just hand it to him every play. If you don't hand it to him, swing it out. He's incredible. You could do that, but you've also got George Payne back there, who's who's really. Yeah. If, if you take Ito's stats out of the out of the mix, you have still got an incredible season with what George has been able to do. You know, I, I know he's had uh, what two games where he's rushed for over a hundred yards. I mean, you think back to any any Golden Eagle season in the past four years, four or five years. I mean, that would have been remarkable in itself most most times. Yeah, well, two years ago, I thought George was the best running back on the team. And then this year, coming in, I thought he was third on the team. And then, you know, uh, with, with Edo and with Patrick Brooks, Patrick went down, and you're sitting there, I mean, what what a luxury to have a guy just a just absolute thundering back, a, a, able to just, just punish people, um, have a change of pace to Edo. And the only reason that he's not the best out there is because of Edo. It's not. It's not even that. Maybe he's not as good. He's just so different. He's just such a different back to watch. Uh, and we have them both on the team and on the field at the same time last night, in whatever formation that was, where you know one was left and one was right of Nick in the shotgun. And that's that's got to be that's, that's got to be just tough for the defensive coordinator uh, as far as planning all week long. I would think. One of the the I guess you could say. Um... We did end up winning the turnout turnover battle last night, but um, you know you you have a guy this year like Alan Zay Staggers who has really been a lot of fun to watch. And last night may have just been an off night. It looked like uh, a little careless handling the ball on both of his fumbles. You hate to see that, especially on the muffed punt. Uh, the the end around, you know, it just just didn't take great care of the ball. UTEP went after it, but uh, it, that was a little disappointing to see those two fumbles, but. I'm not sure they were necessarily a factor in the game. So I guess if you're going to do it, that's a great game to drop some fumbles in, and hopefully he can regroup and be at, back out there next week. Because I really, I really loves what I love what he does with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, athletically, and both of those things are, are so coachable. Just teaching moments that you that you get in the film room, and hopefully you can correct them. It's not like he got caught from behind. It's not like he uh, is smaller than the guy who hit him, and he fumbled. Uh, you know, everything that happened is, is totally is correctable. And and that's another thing that hopefully will, will help as far as into the season. 
to help us get everything turned around. Not really turned around, but just uh, polished, uh, polished a little bit heading into uh, November and hopefully, uh, hopefully the uh, championship game. So, like I said, the Golden Eagles got the thirty-four to seven win. Uh, we are currently tied for first placed in the Conference USA West Division with North Texas. Who got a double overtime victory over our opponent this coming week? Uh, yesterday, they defeated the Rice Owls forty-two to thirty-five. So this Sunday, this Saturday, October the first, the Golden Eagles will face the Rice Owls in Hattiesburg, six o'clock p.m. kickoff. As of right now, it's looking like all indications are going to make it a great day uh, for weather in Hattiesburg and at the Rock. So really excited to get back out there. Now, you went to the Rice game last year. What were your impressions of that Rice-Owl football team? Uh, we scored every time we got the ball, and they were horrible. <laughs> yeah. It was, almost, it was one of the deals where – in fact, me and, uh, and, your, and your favorite guy, Nathan Hosey, <laughs> we're at that game. Oh, and, gosh. Uh, it's 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 one of those games where I was kind of in, you know embarrassed. I, I kind of wish I, I'm glad that we kept scoring, but by midway through the second quarter, you're thinking, please nobody get hurt, please yeah. nobody get hurt. And I don't know anything about Rice. I haven't done any research on them, uh, but I do know that they're horrible, and we're not horrible, and we're at home at the Rock, and we're probably itching to uh, to give the home crowd a victory. So. I'm sure that Rice is going to suit up and make the trip, but hopefully it'll, I don't know. I, I hate to say it's going to be exactly like Savannah State, because you never know. We could lose to anybody, but it would just be a, a shocking if we weren't a, at least a three-touchdown favorite in this game. Well, I've watched a couple of the games that Rice has played, and, and they have some potential to be explosive on offensive times. Um, the first the 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 game they played against Baylor a couple of weeks back they actually gave Baylor fits in that first half they they really came after the ball they were aggressive uh, Baylor was slipping up here and there but and eventually won thirty eight to ten but for a while there Rice was in the mix and you were going wow it would be something if Rice could pull this off against Baylor um, you know they couldn't hold on they just didn't have the the talent or the depth that Baylor did but uh, they played with a lot of heart and a lot of fight in that game. And I guess yesterday, when you anytime you go double overtime, you know you got to have uh, the ability to persevere and, and to stick with the with the with the game plan and with the team. And, and you know they lost in double overtime. You hate that. That's kind of a, a backbreaker. You know, kind of kills your momentum. Hey, hopefully it'll kill the momentum going into this week. But yeah, um, and it, it, you said, so they're zero and four. Zero and four. They got dominated by Western Kentucky, which Western Kentucky has played really, with the exception of. Uh, getting blown out by Alabama and then faltering at the end against Vanderbilt, uh, Western Kentucky it looks very explosive, and they look—they kind of look like they could be the team to beat in the East, along with uh, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, they lost to Army, another uh, Munkin coach team, his brother Jeff. They lost to Baylor, thirty-eight to ten, and then losing to North Texas. So, doesn't look to be a very good football team, but. You know, you remember a couple of years ago, Bowers last year. I mean, it, I, I'm not sure they won any games coming into that game, and they ended up pulling the upset on us that kind of pretty much derailed the end of Bowers' career. Yeah, I would uh, – if we had not lost to Troy, I would feel a whole lot worse about this upcoming game, just knowing Southern Miss's tradition with always laying at least one egg. But I, And like you said, I think on your last week's podcast, or maybe it was just when you and I were talking – you hope that that Troy game was our egg. If that was our egg, 
then we're in great shape. Uh, if we have another egg, like I said, we, we can lose to absolutely anybody. But uh, talent-wise, player for player, coach for coach, record versus record, there's there's just not a whole lot of ways that Rice is going to be able to stay on the field. You know, if, as soon as Nick Mullins remembers that he's Nick Mullins and they put Isaiah Jones back in the lineup, uh, we'll probably have a passing game. And even if we don't, if you take all the wide receivers out of there and Edo and George just run it the whole time, I I, I, I don't see a whole lot of ways. Did you watch Rice play? Did they stop the run? No. Uh, Baylor, did they, no. How, how, how did they stay in the game? They just played – well, I think they got a couple of turnovers. They just played really hard. I mean, they were okay. really flying yeah, after the turnovers. ball. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you just hit the nail on the head. We throw the ball around and, and throw some picks like we did first, Troy, and give it up and snap it over the punter's head. Absolutely. We could lose by two touchdowns. If none of that happens and the defense gets off, you know, gets out of the dorm room and shows up to the field that day, then, then we're fine. And this is, and you know, looking at the schedule, this is a game that's coming at a good time because we're still trying to hit our stride on offense and, you know, getting to take on an opponent where we should be able to do that. The next week we've got, we're at Texas San Antonio, which, um, you know, they came close to winning a couple of games they shouldn't have won. I think they came close to beating Arizona State uh, a couple of weeks back. But, you know, they're a Frank Wilson team. They're Pete Golding as their defensive coordinator. There's some bad blood. Between the two, between the two teams right now, you know, especially given from a fan's perspective, with some of the things that happened around signing day last year. Then the week after that, uh, you know, October fifteenth, we're at LSU, which very well could be an Ed Orgeron coach team at that time. And then we come back home for Marshall. So you know, it's, it's not going to be an, an easy slate here for the month of October. So it's kind of good that we can get that Rice game to hopefully give us some momentum on the offensive side of the ball, particularly in the passing game. Right, yeah. I, I hope that Rice gives us all that we want, honestly. Just because, you know, at some point we're going to face a team that's going to be pretty good. And I kind of like we did with Troy. And uh, if, you, if, you just, if you win a whole bunch of games in a row, super-duper handily, and it's just human nature to um, expect it to happen and, you know, maybe not run as crisp of a route or do as much work in the film room as you should. And then you pop up and you get beat. So, I, honestly, I hope that I hope that Rice comes out and just and, and really gives it all they got and then we win by three touchdowns. But, you know, we have to work for it. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic day at the Rock. It's going to be perfect weather because I looked at the Weather Channel and it never lost. <laughs> and um, <laughs> just like last game where I told everybody to come on out, it was gonna, you know, the storm was gonna dissipate by game time, and I could not be. I think I'm still wet, but yeah, look, it's gonna be a fantastic day. Everybody needs to come out. Um, the students keep showing up. Your uh, students are probably looking. You know, I hadn't seen the student section look as good as they're looking now. It's probably Fedora. So um, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Fired up. I am too. It's always great to be out at the Rock. And, you know, I called you. You're, you're Southern Miss, Golden Eagle Blackouts, tailgate legend. I mean, we always have a great time out there. And we had to make a transition because we lost Coach Munkin. And we have a new pregame ritual. We used to have the Drunken Munkin. Now we've got the Funky Gold Medina um, right. Hopefully, it can get its magic back this week and uh, deliver us to a victory. But you know, with with the rain at the Troy game, I didn't mind it as much being in early September. You know, it's when it starts raining at the end of November that it really gets annoying. 
Yeah. Like the day after Thanksgiving when we play La Tech here this year, um, let's not have a rainy day that day. No. Number one, it's always tough to get fans out today after Thanksgiving. There's like 15,000 of us that are always going to be there, and then the rest. And, and that game? I mean, look, look at it. It's going to be a huge, huge game. That could, I mean, that's, I mean, Marshall's, Marshall, I don't know if Marshall's as good as, the, as we thought they were, but Louisiana Tech, you know, could be one of the toughest games left on the schedule. Yep. And, and also, you know, went to that game last year. In fact, it rained there. I remember having a poncho, a poncho on for that game. Two, um, <laughs> I don't know if we had as many people as last day, but it was close. We had a ton of people go to the game. Um, so I don't know if they're going to try to recreate that, but that would be nice. It would be great to look over there and see just, you know, that side of, of the, uh, of the visitor side, um, in the end zone, you know, filled up with blue and then, you know, buying hotel rooms and eating food and, Coming around and drinking a beer with us at the tailgate, that'll be fantastic. And they might want to after the absolute beatdown we laid on them last year. And they were probably embarrassed about how many people we brought as to how many people they had in the stands. So I love having tech in the league, man. I love it. I love it that it's drivable. I love it that we're comparable. I love it that uh, they don't. That I think they like it. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's one theme. And as much as I want to, to get out of this league. I love playing those guys, just like I used to love playing Tulane in Memphis. You know, I, I hope that we leave really quick, and I can look back on it and say that was fun. But as of right now, it's probably my favorite game. Here's another thing to think about, okay? So we're 1-0 in conference right now. And keep in mind, this is a, this is fan speak. you got to take it one game at a time. But looking at the conference games on our schedule, all right, we got Rice, Texas-San Antonio. We've got Marshall at home. We've got Charlotte at home. We go to Old Dominion, go to go to North Texas, and then we're back home at Louisiana Tech. There is a good possibility that that if that game against Louisiana Tech could be for us hosting the conference championship game the following week, which would be huge. Given all the conference championships we've won, you know, back when we won the bulk of them, there wasn't a conference championship game. And we've played in how many? One, two, uh, three of these conference championships games, all on the road. We've won one of them. It would be nice to finally get one of those at home. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It, it would be, uh, you know, that could be like a dream come true. And that's and that's things that people will show up for in droves. I wonder how you even get tickets. I guess they'll open it up to season ticket holders and equal club members. And then, because, you know, that'll be a hot ticket. That, that'll be just an absolute hot ticket. And it'll definitely sell out, man. And also, I want to, I want Western Kentucky at the Rock for the championship game. After what happened last year, I, I can't, I can't tell you how much I, I, I think that they're just a dirty team, and I, I don't know why they're a little more cold. But I want those guys back at the Rock for the championship. And, you know, take no prisoners whatsoever. Unleash Dylan Bradley and Fear 12 and uh, let the chips fall where they may. I hope that nobody listening is going to be sitting behind me during that game if it happens. Because, <laughs> <laughs> number one, you're never going to sit down. Number two, uh, bring some earplugs. And uh, that that would be just a absolute dream come true. Christmas present, birthday present, everything wrapped into one. And I'm... Uh, since you brought that up, I'm already thinking about it. So, uh, man, I, I think I think the people that sit around us have a really tough time 
um, just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> enjoying themselves. Are. Yeah, in the depths of the end zone over there. I mean, it's a it's it's a lot of fun. Well, let's change change gears just a little bit. This week, uh, according to Jason Munns of the Hattiesburg American, Oak Grove volleyball player Breely Favre committed to the Golden Eagles. She's a uh, six foot, the daughter of Brett and Deanna Favre, Southern Miss royalty, coming back home to roost. And and the volleyball team's been playing tremendous this season. To, so to get her on the team, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I hope it's going to be a lot of fun to watch what the greenhouse is going to look like after the Favre's dump a whole bunch of money into it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we, we, you know, my wife and I went to a volleyball game this year, volleyball match this year. Uh, first one I've ever been to, loved it. And we beat Southern of Baton Rouge that day. And, you know, I know nothing about volleyball, but just from following on Twitter, I knew that we had a pretty good squad. And then I think the very next week they went to LSU and, and won that tournament. And I think beat maybe Virginia and LSU in the tournament uh, are two schools that I had heard of. And so I think we're really good. And I think Farr's daughter's really good, too. But, yeah, 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 no, it's it's always good to, to have athletics rolling in the right direction. And it all started with, with you know, hiring Bill, honestly. That's kind of where it all started. And then and then, uh, then Munkin got the football team rolling, and, and here we go. Here we go back, uh, back to uh, kind of what, what is all right with the state of Mississippi and the universe. Also, Southern Miss-related news, uh, former Southern Miss infielder, current Minnesota Twins second baseman Brian Dozier has been on a tear of epic proportions. He is sitting at 42 home runs on the year as of this recording, which sets a new American League home run record for second baseman. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, it's just, it's you know, and I read the article uh, when he was tied. With, do you know who he was, t- who he was tied with? For, no. For the, for the record? No. Honus Wagner. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I mean, Honus freaking Wagner is who he was tied with. And, you know, I hadn't heard of Brian Dozier on Jim Rohn or, God forbid, Clarion Ledger or anything like that. But, of course, all of us uh, in Golden Eagle Nation uh, know all about it. And maybe it's because the Twins are no good. I don't know. But it's, it's really uh, it's completely un- unbelievable. I don't know how many home runs he hit in college, but I'm guessing that it was no more than 20 out of 15. He wasn't a home run guy, but boy, has he found his stroke. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and, and with zero protection in the lineup, you know, the twin, twins are no good. So you could easily pitch around the one guy that they have that is good. <laughs> 42 homers is crazy. It's nuts. Also in NFL transaction news, uh, former Golden Eagle offensive tackle Rashad Hill was promoted from the practice squad to the active roster of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's pretty awesome for him to get to uh, make that move in his hometown. I think there was a lot of chatter the past few years about his NFL potential. I'm not sure why he kind of fell off at the end, but it's good that he's starting to realize it and get to make that active roster for the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, the more people you can have in the league – and uh, put up on the wall um, in the in the in the Golden Eagle locker room, uh, the better. Uh, the more, and, and he was Southern Miss guy too. You know, I mean, just a a true a true um, Golden Eagle uh, through and through. Uh, that 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 does it just the Golden Eagle way. Just beats you by hard work. Beats you by you telling him he's not good enough, and he just proves that he is. And here he goes. So let's see where he can take it from here. But 
How many Golden Eagles is that, Jamie, that we have currently on NFL rosters? Like 12 or something? 10 or 12? Uh, it's, a little, it's, it's a little less right now from the cuts. Uh, Nunez Roches was, was cut but then signed to the practice squad this week yeah. as well. Um, it's around the 7, 8, 9 range. Um, you know, and then you throw in the practice squad players as well. Yeah, it probably is about 12. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm... I need a stat. I need a stat guy. I need a stat boy or whatever. I need Tony Reale over here to help me out with this, so I can make sure that I'm on point. So Nathan Nathan Hosey doesn't get his panties in a wad. Um, <laughs> also, uh, this this past week um, we missed it because we were at the Sklar Brothers show. But Jamie Collins uh, with another interception and a dominating performance as the Patriots just seem to find a way to win with whoever they put behind center. Yeah, man. Um. Ellis. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I mean, he does he does it every week, and um, he, he, he's, he's like the best player on the field whenever you turn on the game. And I'm so glad that I'm able to watch the game. And if I'm sitting at a bar watching the game, I can point out that that's Jamie Collins from Southern Miss. And and even if they don't know anything about Southern Miss or Jamie Collins, if they have eyeballs in their head. They can watch the TV screen, and they can also tell that he's probably the best player on the field. It's so cool, and 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 he reps Southern Miss, uh, you know, on Twitter and and Facebook and stuff too. So that's that's solid. I mean, recruits love it um, when they can come in and they know that that guy was just here, you know, walking the same halls that they're going to be walking, and it's just nice to see it happen. And they've got his picture in the locker room now, in the new locker room. You know, and he's he's you know. Uh, definitely the most uh, visible face for Southern Miss football in the NFL right now. I mean, I guess far given the Hall of Fame stuff, but as far as active players go, uh, there's none more visible than Jamie Collins right now. So it's it's really terrific to see him getting the respect and, and, and living up to the potential we all knew he was capable of. I think that you need to get Jamie Collins on a podcast and see if you can ask him anything about what Belichick how, – how does Belichick do it? It's almost like he relishes. Uh, he kind of got fired up when Brady was going to miss some games. And then Garoppolo goes down. And I think he just says, you know what? Let's see what I can mix up here. Like, he, he just he loves it. He wants to get in there, and he wants to just prove to anybody that he doesn't care. And, and you know, Jamie's not, Jamie's not much of a talker. I know. That's, that's where you come in. You, you, you are the talker, and you, you can uh, – just get something out of him, and then go till, um, J- J- uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was actually sitting with the Sklars, uh after the show the other night, and the highlights came on. I saw him. I think they fi- they got tired of me telling them all the Southern Miss players that were in the league or had been in the league, or because uh, I was just spouting them off. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, we had, yeah. we got to discussing the. Um, the best that never was the Marcus Dupree story as well. I told him about the ins and outs of what's been happening lately in Hattiesburg politics in that regard. So, uh, but I think they were tired of listening to me brag about uh, how well the Golden Eagle, the Eagles have performed at that level. Well, we've got a uh, big game this week. I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's get the tailgate together. Let's get everybody fired up. Everybody come out there. You guys come out to the game on Saturday. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, me and Jason, I mean, we're always looking forward to getting out there. We'll be out there setting up Friday night, uh, ready to go for a great day of football on Saturday. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, thanks for coming on in this transition period. Um, oh, and, and, and you're somebody that's really excited about the transition, man, because we've talked about it. We've talked about how much we've missed 
uh, the score 1400 AM since it's been down. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that it's back. I'm glad Lanny is doing it, and I'm glad you're going to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, man, looking forward to getting out to Rock this weekend and, uh, and, and uh, making some rice patties. That was my good friend Jason Bailey. You can follow him on Twitter at Bumper J Bailey. You can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk, at Jamie underscore Arrington for my personal account, and then at Hub City Comedy if you want to keep up with the comedy shows in and around South Mississippi. Also, a new Twitter account to keep up with. This is the station we're going to be affiliated with at the score 1400 that's 1400 a.m the score then on facebook to the top talk jamie errington comedy hub city comedy and the score 1400 as well which should be live any day now so if you're in the hattiesburg area keep checking up on that we'll put announcements out on social media and the like my next comedy show is going to be thursday october the 20th not necessarily a traditional stand-up comedy show but this is going to be the roast of hub city comedy so if you're into that type of humor if you're into roast humor it's going to be hilarious it's going to be a lot of fun we've had a lot of fun prepping up for this that's going to be thursday october 22nd at the thirsty hippo in hattiesburg starts at 8 p.m tickets are only going to be ten dollars it's going to be an amazing show might be one of the best shows we've ever had of course, if you're into a roast comedy. Then this Saturday night, folks, come out to this rock. Come out to M.M. Roberts Stadium. Come out to campus. Come tailgate with us. Southern Miss versus Rice, Saturday, October the 1st. Kick, kickoff is at 6 p.m. And I just saw where USM is opening at 20.5 point favorite. Some even have us up to 21 as of this recording. So... Hopefully, it'll be a fun game to watch. And by fun game to watch, I mean a blowout. <laughs> Hopefully, we can put some points up on the board and take them to school. Also, while Jason and I were doing that interview, it was announced that Les Miles has been fired from LSU. And the interim coach will be Ed Orgeron. Y'all, 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 football. Brent Schaefer. I hope that guy makes another song. <laughs> So like I've said before, this podcast in transition will be on the air in the next few weeks. We're going to have some great options for you guys as far as streaming goes. So as always, I hope you guys enjoyed this Southern Miss to the top talk.